Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, it's Tuesday, 5 o'clock. What the heck is going on? Well, this show is the number one show at 5 o'clock. You can listen in and find out what is going on. Uh, in the studio with us, we have uh, Richard Weinberg, and uh, he uh, is a judge, a Democrat, and we have Craig Eaton, 10 years GOP chairman uh, of, of Brooklyn. And what's going on? Well, we got uh, Sid Rosenberg on the line, and we have Curtis Lewa in live in the studio. Curtis, Sid, fill us in. Go for it, Sid. This is uh, Sid's demonstration, his inaugural demonstration. We are baptizing him tonight, not in civil disobedience, but demonstrations. No, that's true. This is uh, uncharted territory, John and, and Craig and George and Rita for me. I'm, I'm not used to this. I, in fact, I spend most of my mornings making fun of protesters, except for Curtis, of course. I love Curtis, but this one hits too close to home. Floyd Bennett Field is actually exactly three miles uh, from our new beautiful home where we moved about a year and a half ago. And I told the story, John, this morning, a 31-year dream, literally a 31-year dream came to fruition of March of 2022 when Danielle and I bought this house. And you know all about it, John. You were there with us. And, and we were so happy to be here. And, and to even even think that this is going on just a couple of miles away in front of a day camp where my son Gable went to just a couple of summers ago is uh, not okay with me. So I joined Curtis tonight. A lot of people from Brooklyn, a lot of people from Queens, Long Island, Staten Island. I expect a huge crowd tonight uh, with Curtis and me, Sid Rosenberg, because quite frankly, if the neighborhoods don't stand up, this will continue on and on, and we don't want it. Well, Bruce Blakeman on the show on Friday with you and with me said, no way, Nassau County is not a sanctuary county, and I'm not letting anybody in, I'm not letting anybody stay. On Saturday morning, I had a breakfast uh, with a lot of the people in Suffolk County. You know what they said? Suffolk County is not a sanctuary county. I am not letting any of those people come in and 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 stay. So you got a DMZ zone. This is just like Vietnam. You got a DMZ zone between Nassau and Suffolk County, and you got the five boroughs. Now, Rockaway. Now you both paid a lot of money for that house, and and it's right down your block. And, and, and they're coming, they're coming to take you away, away. I mean, they, they are coming after you guys. They, they want, I mean, why are they doing this? You got five boroughs of, of New York, a hundred thousand. New Yorkers love, you know, love to help people, but a thousand people, two thousand people, five thousand people, but a hundred thousand people invading New York. The heck with them. Curtis? Well, I got to tell you, uh, John, four months ago um, on Sid's show in the morning, that's why I love appearing 7.05. You get a huge audience, like we do here at the 5 o'clock roundtable. you got 5.05 here. That's right. But um, I revealed to Sid's audience that they were working, meaning the governor's office, the mayor's office, and the federal government, on putting illegal aliens in camps, one in Fort Tilden in Rockaway and one at Floyd Bennett Field. I was just the messenger. Oh, my God. The, our elected <laughs> officials, Democrats and Republicans, are no friends uh, to their constituents. They eviscerated me. I know that Chad Lopez, uh, president of Red Apple Media, our parent company, he was getting cauliflower ear from all the elected <laughs> officials calling. He's got to retract that. He's got to apologize. He should be expelled. He should be suspended. And it turns out... I was absolutely correct because Nancy, my wife, is the attorney. She does the deep dive. She looks at all the paperwork. Now, we could have been organizing three months ago. We could have preemptively stopped this. And so now we have to make up for lost time. And Sid, he's leading the charge out there. I was there yesterday in both Fort Tilden and in Floyd Bennett Field. 
They already have the specs laid out. 2,500 single able-bodied men with nowhere to go, nothing to do. And you think they're just going to hang around there all day? No, they're going to go over the Gil Hodges Bridge. They're going to go to the Rockaways, the Irish Riviera. They're going to go into Marine Park. They're going to go into all those areas of Brooklyn. And they're going to cause chaos. You, 2,500 guys, I don't care if they're in prep schools, Ivy League school, they are going to cause problems. And Curtis, uh, 2,000 no unvetted. Let's not right. forget, you guys, right. unvetted, right. and I'm talking right. criminal health, and you got the beaches there. You know, to John's point also, Sid, this, yeah, we have 100,000 that have come through that we know of in New York. Uh, how many more that we don't know of? We know there's about 2 million that have come through that are the, quote, godaways at the border. This is just the tip of the iceberg. I, I, I mean, it is. No, listen, uh, Rita, you're right. You're right. The moral of the story, by the way, is don't ever argue with Curtis. Uh, somewhere right now, Peter King is reading about James Burke, and he's going, oh, my God, those guys are right about that one, too. But we'll get to that tomorrow. Yeah, don't he got argue. more he, sexual he issues. He got arrested again. <laughs> he got arrested again. This is another he's on a roll. <laughs> yeah, so this, this, this is the guy who was supposed to believe was serious about finding the Gilgo Beach murder, all right? But anyway, getting back to the migrant story, look. This is a recipe for disaster. My wife, you guys know Danielle, my Ava, my daughter, 19 years old. Uh, my wife runs through that uh, that park right there every day preparing for the New York City Marathon coming up in November. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, 5 o'clock in the morning, in the dead of the night when it's dark out, one of these people we don't know decides to come out of the bushes. This is a recipe for disaster. It's a complete failure, guys, starting with the President of the United States, who refuses to close the border. To, of course, the Homeland Security Director, Mayorkas, who lies about the border, to the governor of this state who did nothing year after year until finally now it's unattainable, and, and of course, uh, the mayor, Mayor Eric Adams, who said, hey, we're a sanctuary city, come on, I'll take care of you, and now, now that it's 800,000 strong, now he's decided, too, he can't handle it, but all of these people are guilty of either doing nothing, waiting too long, or lying, and who are the victims now? We are. You know, Adams is in Israel. He's having a grand old time. Hochul is in Buffalo. She couldn't care less. Joe Biden's on his second vacation in two weeks. No one even knows where Mayorkas or Kamala Harris are. They're having a good old time. But us, we're struggling in New York City trying to keep our family and friends safe. It's just not right. Sid, this is Craig. You know, one of the problems, too, I think NYPD has their scuba unit out there, don't they? Are they still they out do. there? They've got their scuba unit out so, there, Craig. They've got they've got the uh, the helicopters out there. They train. I know. New officers a friend of mine works in scuba, and, and you have a lot of people that use that. A lot of people use that those fields. Craig, they use Craig, them for recreation. Craig, I mean, this is going to take got, away from all of these people. Craig, you got a day camp there. Yeah. My son Gabriel went to the Aviator Day Camp two summers ago. They've got a hockey rink, which Anthony yeah. Weiner, by the way, got done. They've got basketball courts. It's a beautiful camp. How are these kids going to go yeah, to camp? Seventy 70% of New York City residents said no way on these uh, yes, migrants. Yes, yeah, it was a Siena poll. In fact, John, 82% uh, said that this is a serious problem, that they are fed up with it. And this is Republican, Democrat, everybody's feeling well, this way, You Curtis. see the other headline, a trillion dollars in wealth and equity has left New York City. Uh, they've joined the exodus, which was already taking place. You know, when you're out in the Irish Riviera where cities, it's it's God's country, it's paradise. People are going to be selling their homes. If the interest rates weren't at eight percent, those houses would be selling quick because people mm-hmm. they know what's coming next. They know they they leave their doors open out there. One so, of the few places you can do that. Wow. So they got you stuck. You cannot sell your house because there's nobody around to buy it, Sid. <laughs> You're right. Though. I'm stuck. You know, it's funny, John. Nobody's going to pay seven percent for a new house. Yeah, and and right near a location, a big migrant shelter. It's like bling bling. You want to move, buy a house there? Forget it. And these beaches uh, are going to be filled with migrants the next three months. They're going to be filled. And it's well, just I mean, the beginning. Know, the, the beach, the beach season is basically over in two weeks. But to your point, uh, they'll still be walking up and down the beach. We still go to the beach probably till the end of September. Look, the fact is, guys, as Curtis said. Breezy Point, Bell Harbor, Rockaway, Neponset. This is God's country. It's, it's old-fashioned America. There's American flags outside every door. These are hardworking, God-bearing people. Lots of first responders and cops and firefighters and people that love this country. Big families. They spend the entire summer on the beach. I've got to know everybody here the last two years. And my wife to say to me last night, she said to me, and I quote, guys, I don't want to put another penny into this house when the last two years, all we've done is basically rebuild this beautiful home. Says to me, uh, she's so you upset. Rebuilt it twice. 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right, John. So just imagine if Danielle Rosenberg is saying that to Sydney, how many other couples tonight and last night in this neighborhood are saying the same thing? It is an absolute shame. And again, the president, Homeland Security, the vice president, the governor, the mayor, every one of them is a culprit in this. Every one of them is responsible. And the only way to fight back, guys, is if neighborhoods like mine do what we're doing tonight, thanks to Curtis Sliwa. President Biden, President Biden, in my way, said uh, he had a a, a fire in his kitchen and uh, it almost it almost burned his Corvette. And the people in Maui were really, really upset. Well, that was after he said no comment, John. But you, you know, you, you, yeah. know, you know, it said you were talking uh, about the tonight. But you know what? Election day is coming up, and this is our opportunity to vote out these city council members that are not standing up for the for the citizens of New York City. They could fight back and they could push back against this mayor. That's what the city uh, council right. is all about. So we got to remind the people tonight, get out and vote. Let's change the course of our city. We got to go. You're we right. got to take a break, guys. Alan Dershowitz is waiting for us and I don't want to keep Alan Dershowitz uh, waiting. I, I promise you, John. John. You got to let Alan Dershowitz know he's in the New York Post today in my promo column. Let him know. His picture <laughs> is in your New York Post under the Sydney column. Alan Dershowitz, are you on? I am on and I used to spend my summers in Rockaway and Auburn. We used to get paid a penny by the police if we spotted a German U-boat. I was like six <laughs> or seven years old. I loved Arbor and Rockaway. You're absolutely well, right. Well, Alan Dershowitz, they're trying to get us back to this is this is Germany 1937. Think about what I'm saying. They're, they are taking over our streets. They are taking over our city. Professor Dershowitz, can you hear us? I do. Yeah. Yeah, What are your thoughts on the migrant issue? You just heard John saying, I I, mean, it is a mess. I don't think we're in Germany 1937, with all due respect. Uh, We don't have Hitler in power. We don't have Goebbels and Goering and Himmler. We don't have concentration camps. Um, You know, I hope we're not moving in the wrong direction, but we shouldn't exaggerate where we are. We still have democracy. What did you say two minutes ago? Vote the mums out. We can do that. But, but Professor Dershowitz, John's point about it yeah. is just that it, it is. And let's just talk about sort of the issue of the migrants. It has been happening everywhere. And now the governor is saying, OK, well, you know, uh, New York City says it's a sanctuary city. Um, all these other counties are saying we don't want them. We don't you know, we didn't ask for well, this. Where does it go? There yeah, ought to be a referendum as to whether whether New York is a sanctuary city. We'll see how it does. That's not something the mayor should be able to decide unilaterally. It should be up to a referendum. Let the people decide whether or not people who are illegally in the country have the right to sanctuary in New York City. That's a perfect, perfect instance for for a referendum vote. Yeah, absolutely. The absolutely. only problem with that, Professor, this is Craig Eaton. The only problem with that is by the time the election comes, if we were to have a referendum, we're already going to have 100,000 plus uh, Migrants in New York City, and we're never going to get rid of them. Once they're here, we're they're never getting leaving. rid Nobody's of them. Leaving. They're going to be using our hospitals, our highways, our schools. I mean, and if they have diseases, who treats them? Yeah. By the way, we already have had 100,000. We have like 60,000 in care, but we've already had 100,000 come through. But this should have been done. The professor's right. This should have been a referendum. Probably every one of us on this show is a child, grandchild, great-grandchild of immigrants. We're a country of immigrants. We love bringing immigrants in lawfully, appropriately, standing in line, waiting for their turn, taking their oath of office and becoming law abiding citizens. It should never turn into an anti-immigrant uh, approach. No, we're not anti-immigrant. Absolutely. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. We have to remind our people of that all the time because some people stereotype immigrants as somehow not productive. And some of the most important contributions ever made to America were made by immigrants and the children of immigrants. And by the way, by the way, Professor Dershowitz, I I don't blame them. I would come to America. It's the greatest country in the world. I blame the way it's been handled, you know. Uh, You're 100% right, and that's exactly where the blame should be. Exactly. To correct you, Rita, it's Richard Weinberg, Allen. It hasn't been handled. It's been mishandled from the very beginning. It started with Biden. I'm going to rip down the the border wall. I'm going to open up the borders. Come on down. You have... uh, the city administration here in New York under de Blasio announcing as a sanctuary city. Where is the right, Alan, 
for a city to say they will not comply with federal immigration law and they're not going to cooperate with the immigration services. They We're, absolutely have no right to do that. That's the exactly the point. The sanctuary city is unconstitutional. Of course, it's a the fiction. It's a fiction. The United States Constitution requires that cities and states comply with federal law. Federal law prevails over local cities and states. And we've been letting cities get away with murder by declaring themselves sanctuary cities. That's There's no basis in the Constitution for being a city that gives sanctuary to people who are violating federal law. But the, but the problem is we have a president who wants an open border. It's so blatant it's there. You take an uh, oath of office. Yes. Whether you're president or mayor or governor to enforce and protect the Constitution of the United laws. It's the first thing a president has to do is protect the homeland, Judge Weinberg. This and, is outrageous. And to enforce the laws. And this president has not done that. And de Blasio and the other mayors who have not done that by announcing the sanctuary cities, and it happened in L.A., it happened in San Francisco, is an invitation to a disaster. And that's what's happening right before our eyes. Yeah, and then they wonder, why are they all here? Well, they're all here because you had a big by old neon sign. By invitation. Exactly. And until they say, close the border, it is going to be a disaster. Before we uh, we let you go, uh, Professor Dershowitz, I also want to get uh, an update from you on where you think everything's headed this week. Because, of course, President Trump uh, has to, quote, turn himself in. Uh, this well, is the on the Georgia is, case. The big issue is timing. As you know, a bunch of former law professors and judges, mostly Republicans, wrote an amicus brief saying, we want the D.C. case to be tried on January 2nd. And the, and the attorney general, district attorney said she wants the Georgia case tried within six months. That is a guarantee of an unfair trial, a guarantee of a denial of due process. I have to tell you, as a lawyer with lots and lots of experience, I would refuse to defend somebody who was put on trial four and a half months after a complicated indictment like that. It would be like asking a heart doctor to perform heart surgery after two hours of preparation. Isn't that, Alan, isn't that, not try somebody. Isn't that ineffective assistance of counsel by definition? Absolutely. And I would be happy to write an affidavit for any lawyer who has been told that he has to try this case or the Washington case or the Georgia case within four and a half months or within six months. It's plainly unconstitutional. Only the defendant has a right to a speedy trial. The government has no right to demand a speedy trial. The government has an obligation to give the defense a complete, full opportunity to investigate every witness, to prepare cross-examination, to do uh, investigations of potential jurors. That is essential, and they're trying to rush to injustice. And it's a, a minute left, Alan. Anything else you want to tell the American people before tomorrow? Yeah, yeah. Also, be very worried that there's an attempt, forgetting about the criminal case, to try to disqualify Trump under the 14th Amendment. Uh, Professor Lawrence Tribe and Judge uh, Ludic have said, well, any any state secretary could disqualify somebody, take them off the ballot, if that secretary thinks that Donald Trump may have engaged in insurrection or rebellion. That's absolutely that ridiculous, Alan. Toward That's... the end of democracy, but we're talking about a distinguished law professor and a distinguished judge, both of whom are result-oriented, both of whom are part of the Get Trump posse, both of whom will destroy the Constitution if the end result is getting Trump. That's why I wrote my book, Get Trump. This and is crazy. By the way, Trump. that is so yeah. crazy. Alan, because we have, we have that's the like name. Anyway. You know, Fulton, <laughs> what is it, Fulton County? Yep, Fulton or County. Is that, is that where? Well, hold on. I call it Fulton <laughs> County Fanny. Said, Tim, away from there. Said, California is the place you ought to be. So they loaded up a truck and they moved to Aberdeen. Well, is that it. where the Clampets were from? Yeah, well, Beverly Hillbillies. Alan, Alan, I have the name for your next book. You should What's write that? the next book called Rush to Injustice. Rush to Injustice. That's a good That's title. A title. Oh. I already have my next, my next book's already written. It's called The New McCarthyism. Wow. wow. So the sequel can be Rush to Injustice. It's even more dangerous than the old McCarthyism. But Rush to Injustice is a very good, if, if they try Trump, Within six months or eight months, that's my next book. I guarantee Thank you. you. Thank you. For the Thank title. you, Alan. Let's Thank take you, that Alan. break and let's come back with Carl Rove to find out what's going on tomorrow. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L, on Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. 
Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Breaking news, WABC. And joining us now with some big breaking news is John Solomon with Just the News. John, you've got a bombshell. Talk about it, of course, with now it looks like Joe Biden made a decision that was different than U.S. policy. Yeah, and he gave us a story that was different than the truth. Uh, we've seen this time and again in the Hunter Biden scandal. I didn't get money from China. Yes, he did. Or my family didn't get money from China. Yes, he did. I didn't talk to my son's business partners. Yes, he did. I didn't know anything about my son's businesses. Yes, he did. The laptop is disinformation. No, it wasn't. Well, now the final major storyline that uh, Joe Biden gave us during the 2020 election that goes all the way back to Donald Trump's impeachment trial in 2019 was that Donald, uh, that uh, Joe Biden was only carrying out other U.S. policymakers' recommendations when he fired or forced the firing of Ukraine's chief prosecutor, who at that time was actually investigating Hunter Biden's company, Burisma Holdings. Well, we went and got the State Department documents. These were not provided during Donald Trump's impeachment. They show the opposite. The U.S. policymakers from the State Department, the Treasury Department, Justice Department got together in the fall of 2015 and recommended that Joe Biden give a billion-dollar aid package to uh, Ukraine because the Ukrainian prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, had been making progress fighting corruption. He had implemented anti-corruption reforms, just like the uh, Obama-Biden administration had been asking. Joe Biden then turned around and did the opposite. He threatened to withhold the billion dollars and uh, did so to try to force the firing of a prosecutor who at that very moment was stepping up his investigation of Hunter Biden. A complete 180-degree reversal of the story. We were told these are official State Department documents. Clear as day what they say. Clear as day what the timeline is. We were not given the truth back in 19 or 20. So let's get this straight, John Solomon. In other words, we've heard Joe Biden basically say it was the policy of the U.S. government. I didn't do anything unilaterally. Now this is something very different. Now it's basically the State Department said, no, uh, give them the money. Uh, you know, the prosecutor's okay. Uh, was this the last thing or one of the last things? Is a chance that he could have gotten some different information? Well, uh, what you see and what we're going to release tonight are some new documents to show what was going on in Hunter Biden's life right around the time Joe Biden makes the pivot. And there's a moment in November of 2015, about a month after the uh, U.S. officials make the recommendation, give them the billion-dollar loan, the reforms are going great. Keep choking in place. Uh, there's a, a, a meeting that Hunter Biden requests with one of Joe Biden's um, top officials. In fact, an official that would go on the trip where Hunter Joe Biden would make the threat. After that meeting, Joe Biden has a, uh, a set of meetings in his office, and they start to prepare to show up in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine, in December 15. And it's during those preparation meetings in November 22nd, right after Hunter Biden has a contact with one of his father's top advisors, that they devise an entirely different notion. We're going to demand that Shokin be fired. We think everybody thinks he's corrupt. Now, it's interesting. Before that time, they were sending love letters to Victor Shokin. There's a, there's a famous letter from a top State Department official saying, we're impressed with what you're doing. There's a 180-degree flip after Hunter Biden's contact with one of Joe Biden's. There's no evidence in the documents to say there was a sudden new corruption scandal something new that was going on. There was just a, a, a command decision. The ambassador to Ukraine was unaware that Joe Biden did it. He says in an interview with Senate investigators that I got a hold of, I, it was a political person making a political decision. They get to do that. He made a change. That's what happened. So I think most Americans will look at these documents and see Joe Biden just simply change course. The most important thing is that's not what he told us back in 19 and 20. Wow, that's interesting. The ambassador didn't even know, too. So it was a surprise yeah. to the ambassador. Uh, that's really interesting, John. Yeah, he said, I wasn't I wasn't clued in on the memos. You'll see I was cut out of the memos, uh, the memos that changed the decision. There's one other document that I'd like to call attention to, because another one of the main narratives that occurred during the impeachment trial of Donald Trump was that 
Uh, yeah, Hunter Biden was an eyesore for State Department officials. He was hanging out with a corrupt company, but it didn't really impact U.S. policy. One of the documents I made public last night directly contradicts it from one of the main witnesses at the impeachment trial, the guy that wore a bow tie. His name is George Kenton, famous State Department official. In a classified email he sent his bosses at the end of the Obama-Biden administration, he wrote this exact words. Somebody should go tell Vice President Joe Biden his son Hunter undercut our anti-corruption efforts in Ukraine by being associated with Burisma. He undercut U.S. policy. He made it worse. He made it less successful. That is such an extraordinary difference from the narrative we were all fed in 19 and 20. A lot of the storyline that Democrats crafted for impeachment and all the way through the 2020 election, it's eroding day by day as we get these facts, these pieces of evidence. John always says, let's go get the facts. That's all American people want. These are some pretty stubborn facts now that Americans John, can read for themselves and make up their own mind. John Solomon, thank you so much for getting us the facts. And, and uh, we're going to look for that tape and play back that tape uh, right after this interview. Wow, that is explosive. Wow, wow, wow. John, thank you. God bless. Thanks, guys. Well, wow. And, uh, and uh, in the control booth, do we have a copy of that tape? And this is the actual tape. Well, President, well, when President Biden was actually Vice President at the time at the Foreign Council, the Council, Council of Foreign, Foreign Relations. Relations, Council of Foreign Relations, he made the famous must, statement. Must be a hundred important uh, people there. Yeah, and there he is in front of public let's display. Let's hear it. Let's hear yeah. it. Let's hear, slowly. Let's hear it. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) Got fired. There he is, John, bragging about what he did and why that's so significant. John, I have to say, what we just heard is damning to Vice President Biden, now President Biden. That is damning. be really clear. It's a unilateral decision. Well, let's Vice play it one more time before we take a break. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. Now, what's significant, guys? That really is, happened. Well, and what's significant, John, is what John Solomon just told yeah. us is that that was different than U.S. policy. It was that unauthorized. Is huge. And it was the unauthorized. State Department has the paperwork to show that it was different. Yeah, in fact, the State Department said, keep the prosecutor, give them the money. There shouldn't be any issues. There he is bragging about it. And and he always said, I was just following U.S. policy. What John Solomon just said to us was, is no. And the purpose was for his son to deliver to the crooks in Ukraine what they wanted. Yeah, and because the son was on the board of Burisma, and this prosecutor was investigating Burisma, so they wanted him off the back. But with a tape like this, what are we going to do with it now? I mean, the government, we need to do something. The Republicans need to move on this. They need to hire a special count, a special prosecutor. The, well, the Department you know, of Justice is run yeah. by uh, President yeah. Biden. But you know it what? Has to, it has to come out of the three congressional committees. Yeah, exactly. Shared, shared exactly. by the House Republicans. And let's talk seriously. If you didn't have a Republican House of Representatives, you would never know the truth of this. This was unilateral, unauthorized action by the Vice President of the United States undermining the public policy of this country to run a contract for his son. Let this me is ask him, is this, quid pro is quo. this impeachable, to yeah, Craig's point? Oh, definitely. Absolutely definitely. impeachable. It's a quid pro quo. Well, that's why they have them, to investigate I'll give it, you Craig. this money. They, they have to investigate it. Even if, to John's point, it can't go beyond with no. DOJ, now, they have the responsibility. Now, if, you're, if you're the vice president of the United States and you have that rank and your son asks you to do you a favor and, and get rid of the prosecutor because the prosecutor is going after the son's company. And you, and you threaten the, the country of, of Ukraine. Withhold that, a billion dollars. That you're going to withhold a billion dollars. Yeah. And you, and you, and you talk about it. And it's in paperwork. And it's in front of a hundred uh, foreign council members. And we have the tape recording of his actual work. I mean, I mean this is a crime. This is criminality. Yeah, he's at, bragging. At its worst. Well, bragging. We've said enough. Yeah. And uh, it's up to our listeners to decide what to do. And uh, let's take the break now. And now we're going to go back to Carl Rove after the break. 
your commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. Uh, I am furious now that we just heard from John Solomon with this blockbuster information. Uh, Carl Rove is joining us, of course, uh, the former right-hand person to then George W. Bush, the president. Uh, Carl, I don't know if you heard, but did you hear John Solomon's blockbuster reporting that shows that it was against U.S. policy uh, the withholding of the loan, the firing of the prosecutor, and then somehow Joe Biden unilaterally years ago gets rid of the prosecutor, also threatens to withhold the loan, that he did it on his own. Uh, that is really damning, Carl. Well, I, I did not hear John's uh, presentation of, uh, of uh, the situation, so I want to withhold judgment about that, but... Uh... Uh, you know, the, the fundamental issue remains that Joe Biden was charged with encouraging the Ukrainian government to uh, clamp down on corruption at the same time that his son is serving on the board of one of the targets of the anti-corruption efforts in Ukraine. And um, and not only that, but uh, his son is on the board because his business partner, the longtime bag man and political aide to the then secretary of state, John Kerry, is also on the board. And for the sitting vice president of the United States not to be cognizant of the of uh, of, of what this represented, Carl, is, Carl, is ridiculous. it's a 14 second tape. Play that tape again. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was what six hours. I looked. I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch, <laughs> got fired. And, that, and that's in front of the foreign relations council. Yeah, and, relations. and what, what John Solomon essentially said, Carl, was that now he has documentation showing that the State Department policy and what the president was, uh, the vice president at the time, Joe Biden, was advised was everything's much better there in, in Ukraine. Keep the prosecutor. You don't have to withhold funds. So he's showing that this was in direct contrast, and Joe Biden has maintained, yeah. no, I was just following U.S. policy. If indeed there is documentation and all these other things, that doesn't look good, Carl. Oh, no, it doesn't. But look, it doesn't look good even if it was U.S. policy because his son is part of the problem. And when, when Vice President Biden went to Ukraine, and I think it was November of 2015, he is criticized by non-governmental organizations involved in the fight against corruption and it's on the front page of the New York Times that they're saying, how can he come here and lecture us on something that's so important to our country, ending corruption, when his son is part of the problem? So, you know, the, 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 we're missing throughout all of this. Did the Obama White House have a problem with Hunter Biden being on the board of corruption? President of Obama had to know. And did President Obama had to know. Yeah, and by the way, Carl, Carl, the other and, thing and too. I, and Katz, I'd go, I'd go one one step further. I bet you a dime to a dollar that the Obama White House sent somebody, probably National Security Advisor Susan Rice, to tell the Vice President this is a problem. And the fact that 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 Hunter stayed on there on that board means that whatever they said to the Vice President, he ignored. Now, Carl, yeah. we all do favors for our sons. We'll, I would do anything for my son. But as Vice President of the United States, you do not cross the line and, and and go against the State Department and do what you do and threaten them that you're going to hold back a billion dollars of their money if they don't do your 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 a favor for you and get rid of the uh, the prosecutor that your son wants to get rid of. And and also, John, yeah, what well, was that's significant? That's what you call crossing the line. Oh, that's a nice way well, to say look, it, John. Yeah, it it crosses the line too to say my son can do anything he wants. It was it was in his son's best interest for the for the dad to say, son, you got to find a better way of making a living than one that embarrasses me and you. Right, it's inconceivable. Like, trade on my name. You know what, Carl? Yeah. Though, but Carl, with what getting to the root of what John said too. The other thing John Solomon said, and I just want to say because you may not have heard it, he said that one of the State Department officials. Also, that there are documents saying that Hunter Biden, basically his his uh, you know connection with Burisma, all that completely undercut U.S. policy. I mean, so oh, so surely did. I mean that's horrible. Now, but one one interesting question is in that document by the State Department official, did they reflect on the fact that the guy who got him into that job was Devin Archer, who was the longtime associate of the Secretary of State John Kerry? 
I wonder if they if I wonder if they understood how problematic that was as well. Yeah, you're right. There's a twofer. Uh, Craig Eaton's got a question for you, Carl. Rose. Carl, what's even scarier is that he's beating his chest and so proud of what he got. Look what I did. I told him that you got to fire him, otherwise you're not getting a billion dollars. I mean, that's the that's a quid pro quo right there, and that that's a tape. Yeah. I mean, he's in trouble. He should be in trouble for this. Well, look, again, I didn't hear what John Solomon said, and I'd love to see the documents. But remember, it was the policy of our government, as well as the policy of the European Union and a lot of our allies in the region, that this guy who was the prosecutor was going too slow on a number of people, including Burisma. So, you know, at the time, it was the policy of our allies in the region and the EU that that if Ukraine wanted to bring itself into conformity with policies that were anti-corruption, they needed to get a tougher guy in that job. Yeah, but again, that's without seeing right. what John and had then to say. they turned it around, is what the State Department well, says. Call it's Richard Warmer, but there's documents, according to John Solomon, that show that they had turned it around and he was doing his job and he was well, taking care call, of that agenda. Yeah. We will send you a copy of the interview with uh, John Solomon, so you have it for your file. But and by the way, uh, Carl, I'm sure this is going to be a hot topic tomorrow night at the debates. Uh, real quick, your thoughts: How much do you think all the Hunter Biden stuff's going to come up? <laughs> it's, it, it, they, they just announced is, the eight people. First of all, is anybody going to listen to the debates? I mean, uh, they're arguing amongst themselves, and what are they going to argue about no, amongst themselves? No, they got to listen to it. We'll, be, we'll be, be doing it here. There are going to be millions of people who are going to turn into the debate because they want to see what the field, the Republican field, looks like. And uh, so, no. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if there weren't millions upon millions of people who tune in. And, the, and one of the questions is going to be tomorrow night. How much of the fire is directed at other Republicans and how much of the fire is directed at Joe Biden in such a way that whoever is making the attack or raising the issue is elevating themselves by by the topics that they pick and the points that they make causes people to say, you know what, I see that person sitting behind the resolute desk in the Oval Office. Well, they got they got to get uh, their uh, mojo on because there's a long distance between yep. the number two and Donald Trump, who won't be there. Uh, they need a game changer. Do you think we can expect I something wanna, big? Carl you know? is one of the smartest Republicans I know. Who is in the number two spot to, to, to Trump right now? Good question. Good question. Well, they, 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 as always, you ask good questions. Right now, if you look at the numbers, it's uh, it is uh, it's Governor DeSantis. But here's the deal. That's 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 we're 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 looking at one set of numbers. Who's the number two? The other thing to look at, though, is is in the early states. How is it Trump versus the field? Because nationwide, if you look at it, the real clear politics average today has him at fifty five point nine. So the rest of the Republican field in the undecided is total forty four point one. But in Iowa, the Seltzer poll has him forty two percent and the rest of the field at fifty eight. And a new poll done at the same time has him at 33% and the rest of the field in undecided is at 67. Now, these early states are different than the rest of the country because in those states, those Republicans have seen a lot more of the candidates and are paying more attention, absorbing more information. And particularly in Iowa and New Hampshire, they they feel they have a special responsibility to, to get involved early. So, to me, one of the interesting things is the difference between the national numbers, which include a lot of people who haven't really tuned in and haven't really seen much of the candidates in their state, except on national news. And the two states where people are showing up in the counties, they're going to the town hall meetings in, in New Hampshire, they're, they're getting up close and personal with the voters, and the voters are engaged in a way that the rest of the country is not. And to me, that's one of the interesting numbers is the gap between where the president, the former president is nationally and where he is in these early states. Thank you, Carl Rove, and we'll be talking to you hopefully maybe tomorrow and see what the heck is going on and see how things, how did the British say it? We had Nigel here yesterday. We did. We'll see how things sort themselves out. Yeah, that was a very nice, the way he said it. He, Thank he you, said Carl. It. Chip, chip. <laughs> and right now we're going to go, they want to dump. There was threats of dumping a, a, a there was a stretch of nuclear waste That's from right. Indian Point into, into the, the Hudson, Hudson River. River. And we're going to Assemblywoman Dana Lemonberg that says it's not going to happen. And But guess what? She says it's not going to happen, but we're going to keep on top of this story because we don't want nuclear waste in the Hudson River. Let's go to that uh, Assemblywoman uh, Dana Lemonberg. 
With us today is Dana Levenberg, an assemblywoman up in Westchester County, that uh, her area covers where Indian Point uh, nuclear plant is. And there was reports that they were going to dump uh, radioactive water into the Hudson River, and everybody was up in arms. Well, with us right now is Dina uh, Levenberg. And uh, Assemblywoman, can you bring all New Yorkers and all Americans up to date? Are they going to dump nuclear waste into the Hudson River and, and kill us all? <laughs> we certainly, certainly hope not. Uh, that's something that uh, that I've been working very hard with many advocates and many, many groups, as well as so many of my colleagues up and down the Hudson, even in New York City and upstate, who uh, understand how important the Hudson River is to the ecology and the economy of this region, as well as to New York State as a whole. And we are going to do everything we can to protect the Hudson River um, and not treat it as a brownfield dumping ground for uh, the decommissioning of Indian Point. So we're, we're, you know, Indian Point has um, obviously operated for many years, and during those many years, unfortunately, uh, was discharging waste from these spent fuel pools into the Hudson River. Um, many, um, many have said that this is the least worst way, the least bad way that we can get rid of the remaining uh, waste from the spent fuel pools as they take the spent fuel rods out and store them on site in uh, casks, in dry storage casks, there's going to still be about a million and a half gallons left of water. And once it's treated, then it would need to be, something would need to happen to it. So the argument So what's going to happen to it? It's made, not going to go into the Hudson River, right? We don't want it to go into the Hudson River. And this bill that was just signed by the governor and again, sponsored in the Senate by Senator Pete Harcum and in the Assembly by myself, um, this bill would prevent Holtec, which is the company that, that is currently doing the decommissioning, from discharging that water into the Hudson River. So we absolutely believe this is the wrong thing to do, and we don't want to treat our Hudson, beautiful Hudson River as a dumping ground, ground for nuclear waste. So, so Assemblywoman, what, what would be the repercussions if somebody does do that, if, if anybody were to violate it? There are fines that escalate um, every day um, after if they were to start discharging. And, uh, you know, certainly uh, they are, they're, hard, they're high fines. Um, and we are hopeful that Holtec will be a good actor and will not uh, take liberties and 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 push the envelope and just do the discharge anyway um you know we know we understand that there is um there is a um you know again uh, a possibility that that could happen but uh but we're you know hoping that instead that they'll they'll take you know they'll maybe take up a legal fight instead of just doing the discharge at the very least and, uh, you know, we believe that if they were to do that, that we have a very strong leg to stand on uh, w- legally and believe that this is something that New York State has the power to disallow. Yeah, let's hope. And, and um, also, I want to ask you, uh, Madam Assemblywoman, too, do you also uh, let's talk about the damage that this discharge does to the water? Obviously, I'm sure you've done a lot of studies. Uh, this is just, I can't imagine just how much it does to uh to, you know, marine life, everybody. Right. So tritium uh, uh, supposedly doesn't get absorbed, but can be ingested and can uh, sort of tag on to other molecules um, and cause particular hazards. Um, you know, again, there are, you know, certainly uh, two sides, you know, to the interpretation of the impacts of tritium. But um, ultimately, one that's been brought to our attention and, and certainly um, by so many of the advocates is that uh, tritium, it sort of just, it doesn't go away. It has a half-life of 12 and a half years. So we're hoping that the tritium can live out, at the very least, live out its half-life and become half as potent before anything were to happen with it. But, but in, um, you know, in the, the best case scenario, it would be stored in some sort of dry storage uh, cast that would not allow it to escape 
and uh, would be monitored for the long term to make sure that it didn't leak. Yeah, that's scary stuff. Well, thank you so much. Please keep us posted and uh, and keep an eye on uh, on everything. Make sure that there is no dumping. We appreciate you being Absolutely. with us. Thank you. Wow, uh, very interesting. We're going to keep everybody posted. And joining us now is America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani. Uh, Rudy, we're so happy to have you on. By the oh, way, great to be with you. You know, we had Professor Dershowitz on earlier, Rudy, and he was just talking about how it is such a rush to judgment of what's happening in the Georgia case and in so many of the other cases, too, that are going on. Um, your thoughts about everything. I mean, this has just been, it's been an unbelievable moment. Well, there's no, I mean, there's no point to rush to judgment. The case is... The case is basically um, a case that's going to get removed in about three or four weeks. It could be removed to federal court. I believe Professor Eastman, whoever else, uh, uh, whoever else went in today, also made motions to remove it. I will. Uh, there's no question it's going to be in the federal courts. And uh, I think there's never a situation where there's no question that a case will be dismissed. But it's very hard to see how this survives um, a supremacy clause challenge, a First Amendment challenge, in my case, a Sixth Amendment challenge, right to counsel. Every single thing that I'm charged with, I did as a lawyer. Uh, I have documents for it. In fact, this is the same case as the one in Washington in which they didn't indict me. So, um, you know, you always worry about a case, but I'm not real worried about it. Rudy, it's, it's Richard Weinberg. What Alan Dershowitz was saying in this rush to, to injustice, is the multiplicity of all these cases against President Trump. Oh, that, in itself, that in itself is a violation of his due process and the right to effective I, assistance of counsel. I have that same uh, sense, and I've, I'm trying to push uh, the lawyers to do an omnibus case in which you challenge the whole thing from, from uh, a Russian collusion to this final case, each one of them a chapter in a book called Frame Donald Trump. And the crim- criminals are I mean, the ones who brought phony charges. And so far, every time one's been revealed, they're the, they're the losers and Trump's the winner. I mean, look at it. I mean, they, were, they were lying about Russian collusion. He was telling the truth. They were lying about the hard drive. He was telling the truth. They were lying about the Ukrainian conversation. He was telling the truth. It's going to come out the same way here, too. How many times can you lie, frame somebody, and a court not take cognizance of it. Also, all the evidence that's coming out about the Justice Department, that's the same corrupt entity that's bringing these cases against them. So I think a, a 1983 action against the President, uh, the Justice Department, the people bringing the cases, would have a chance in a good court uh, uh, to have these cases, or a good deal of them, dismissed. Uh, it's Rudy John. I mean, it's so ridiculous. They want to place a $200,000 bond on the President of the United States. They don't trust the Secret Service to keep track of them? I mean, I mean, what the, kind the of other nonsense three, is this? Even the other three didn't do that. I mean, this is a small town, crooked city uh, that acts. I mean, Atlanta is a very dirty, crooked city. So, so it's Just, like, what was it? Was that my cousin Vinny, that movie? Where, where well, you it wasn't drive quite, by, it wasn't. Where you drive through Georgia, <laughs> you, you get arrested for... Uh... <laughs> by the way, did you hear also, Rudy? Finished, what, what, but also what he was saying before, John, too, is that um, Professor Dershowitz was basically saying the whole objective is to kind of get all these different little counties, like you're talking about, that you're driving through, yeah. and then say, oh, well, Trump is disqualified. He can't be on the ballot. That that that, that sort of this yeah, massive scheme. That's a, that's a, I, I, that's I a think large tribe issue. Well, then we're we're going to have Mayberry, uh, the, uh, <laughs> Andy Griffith. Right, right. Large tribe, a distinguished professor giving that, that's a denial. I'm going to get Joe Pesci to represent me. Wait, 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 John's got the music. <laughs> Here it is. Where are they? Are they from the same county? <laughs> Beverly Hills, Hills Billies. I think I'm going to see if I can get that suit that Joe Pesci had when I go to court yeah. and say, do I blend? It is so silly. When do the American people realize the silliness of what's going on? Hopefully before election. They I think they're beginning to. Yeah, I really I so. do think uh, that Alan is, is onto something with a, a case. That embodies all that in, in a civil rights action, de- deprivation of Trump's civil rights, because it's clear 
that this is every single one of these is just one other part of trying to stop him from president, get him taken out as president, the impeachments. The impeachments all turn turn out now to be totally phony, proven by the hard drive. You know, Rudy, this is Craig. I mean, I think the American people need to look at this as a a total conspiracy against Trump and his lawyers and anyone that supported him or worked for him or worked with him. I mean, the people need to see what's going on and peel away the layers of this onion and say enough is enough. We need to change our elected officials. We need to change the rule of law. We need to change this country back to where it used to be. I think you're absolutely right. And I and I I think one case with a good lawyer like Alan uh, putting it together, it's almost like writing a book. You know, even if even if you don't win, you'll educate. That's a great great idea. And I think I think think you have a chance. I do. It's not a joke. I think you have a chance of winning. Think about it. Yeah, and and Rudy also. How is this also Rudy Giuliani not election interference? I mean, it is. I mean, That's look the point at of it. the timing of Storm it. The fact it. the DC case wants to start on January second. Uh, it's right before the Iowa caucus. The Georgia case wants to start. What a yeah. surprise! This, the I day mean, before case, Super Tuesday. This case can't possibly be done before the election. Uh, I mean, I tried. The, I tried probably the, one of the largest cases in history, the Pizza Connection case. It was twenty-seven defendants, and it took two and a half years to try it in court. It took another two and a half years to prepare it. I mean, uh, uh, people had families while the case was going on. My my assistants had to take time off for paternity leave during the case. You know, Rudy, I have a case in L.A. I have six defendants. It's taking four years. You can't get six lawyers in the courtroom at, at any given time at the same point. You know, but you have to have a local. In, in, in Georgia, you have to have a local counsel, too. Yeah. No, in the law, well, too. Multiply it by two. Multiply by two lawyers and a defendant. We're out of time. Thank you. Uh-huh. And, uh, and God will stay with you. And God will be with you. And, and, well, you're and, right, John. You're we right. love you, Rudy. We love you. We love you, too. Be behind God. We're behind you, too. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and... Uh, well, may, may the people of our country realize the silliness of what's going on. It is insane. And what does WABC stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American way. way. God bless America. Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024.